Welcome back to Full Court Press. I'm your host, Liam Griffin. Zach, the Rockets signed former Celtics big Daniel Tice to a four-year, $36 million deal. I gotta say, he's not a dominant scorer like Christian Wood, but he could provide some defensive value. Yeah, I think he's a very pickup for only half million a year. I think that's a steal, in my opinion. Because, honestly, P.J. Tucker, who we lost, we didn't have that, like, actual dog. But now, I feel like Daniel Dykes will be the person who will be your actual dog. He is just full of energy. He's really good in the paint. I would say, though, his threes are not as good as P.J. Tucker's, but he is a dominant force inside the three. Okay, well, let's be fair. There, are, It's hard to shoot the ball like P.J. Tucker well, and it's hard to be the scrappy guy like P.J. Tucker as well. I mean, we saw it for Milwaukee, and he's now with the Miami Heat. We'll get into some of those acquisitions later. All right, boys and girls, today I'm joined by a man who remains very passionate about his Rockets and his Texans, and I'm sure he lived through the Astros' rebuild as well, Mr. Zach Lewin. On today's episode, the Yankees are hot, the Mets are not. We look ahead to a special game on Thursday, and I clarify a common misconception about 2018. We begin today with the struggling Sox. It hasn't been great for Boston since the trade deadline. They added Kyle Schwarber, but he hasn't played a single game for them yet. Since the trade deadline passed a week ago, we got swept by the Rays in Tampa, lost two of three in Detroit, and, well, we're recording this on Friday night. They've had to use a position player. By night's end, the Sox will be behind the Rays by two and a half games, assuming they don't blow it against the Orioles. And New York and Toronto are gaining ground quickly. Tell me I don't have reason to be worried. Zach, you're muted, buddy. You're muted, buddy. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> you're good. Proceed. Okay. So, I, I don't think you should be worried at all, personally, um, Liam. You have a lot of star power on your team. You have Alexander Bogarts, Rafael Devers. You have somewhat decent bullpen, definitely better than my Astros, of course. And your, start, your starting rotation is still pretty solid. I think y'all will be a very deep playoff team. And I think, of course, you will win the AL East over, of course, your rival Yankees. Okay, I'm going to throw a number at you. 8.4. What do you think that is? Y'all's ERA? That is the Red Sox starting pitching ERA over the last 11 games. Nathan Eovaldi, who was an all-star in Colorado. We needed a good atom out of him. For the first four innings, he was lights out. He gives up seven in the top, bottom of the fifth inning. And entering the top of the ninth, the Blue Jays are leading the Red Sox 12-4. to if we come back from that, I don't know what I'm going to do. But let's just be real. It's not going to happen. And that's just the truth of the matter. So I am dead worried. I'm dead worried. I mean, the Yankees, they're coming in hot. We'll talk about them in a little bit. They're coming in hot. Toronto, they finally got their pitching figured out. And, it, heck, it wouldn't surprise me if they usurped the Red Sox by late next week. They can't usurp us with this four-game series, but... We continue at the rate we're going, it's game over, and it's game over fast. I mean, the only guy on this team that's doing his job right now is Hunter Renfro. He's had three homers in the past week, but 
JD Martinez, terrible. Devers, hasn't homered in almost two weeks. Bogarts has disappeared since the All-Star break. It's really disconcerting. Verdugo, also gone. It's disconcerting, and I'm really beginning to question whether or not we can beat, you know, the White Sox, who are the best team in the American League, in my opinion, the Astros, who are right up there, or Tampa Bay. Yeah, so honestly, Liam, I think y'all be completely fine. I'm assuming the Yankees or the Blue Jays will at minimum get one of the playoff spots in the American League. But I think y'all will always hit y'all stride at the end. The Red Sox have been notorious for finishing strong, and I think you have nothing to worry about. All right. But uh, on the other side of the rivalry, oh, the addition oh, to oh, Gallo not, I wasn't done. I wasn't done. I wasn't done. At this rate, it doesn't look good. And before we move into our next oh, topic, okay. I want to address a common misconception. So, you're wearing the Houston Astros World Championship hat, and I was talking about this with Marshall Owens the other day. Let's just, let's, yes or no. Did the Boston Red Sox cheat to win the 2018 World Series? Yes or no. Yes, but not as bad as Astros. Does every team steal signs? I agree. So, yeah, I okay, 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 okay. So, if we're going by that logic, every team cheats. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Marshall Owens, this part of the podcast is directed at you. So, the way, the way I look at it, Zach, is that if stealing signs to a minor degree is, I don't know, smoking weed, the Astros were running a cocaine factory. Would you agree with that? I would not. Okay. Because I think every team has a history of cheating. Every team. Even the, even the Red Sox, even the Yankees, even the Mets, even the Giants. Every team that is a contender right now has definitely cheated at least once. I, I, I mean, it's just a part of baseball. It's, it's cheating involved it's a, it's in, a the, sad, in the game it's of baseball. A sad, it's a sad part, too, like. The Apple Watch is still bothering me. Spygate still bothers me, but we we could go on about this all day. Let's move on. Okay. So on the other side of the rivalry, the addition of Gallo and Rizzo seem to be paying off for the Yankees. Since Friday, New York has swept Miami, taken two of the three in Baltimore, and has taken the first game and the four-game set at home against the Mariners. In the blink of the eye, the Bronx Bombers are within two games of the playoff spot. Liam, has hope been restored for the Yankees? Like I said, we're recording this on Friday night. It's the top of the 10th inning. The Mariners are ahead of the Yankees, 2-1. to one. They'll have a chance to tie the game and potentially win it in the bottom of the 10th inning. But, yeah, as impressive as Gallo and Rizzo has been, I mean, the home run that Gallo hit on Thursday night was the only ballpark that that is a home run in is Yankee Stadium. That's a fly out of... That's a flyout at Fenway. That's a flyout at Globe Life down in Texas. That's probably a flyout at Minimaid too. And the other thing is, is that with the exception of Seattle, who is a good but not a great team, they've had a cupcake schedule. I mean, you mentioned Miami. They're bottom feeders in the worst division in baseball. We'll touch more on that division later. And then as for the Orioles, I mean, to, to rephrase what the great Juju Smith-Schuster said, Orioles is the Orioles. I said it to you before we started recording because t- the Orioles let Tampa Bay score eight straight at their home ballpark today. Yeah. So, my thing is is that 
They're good. They're ve- they're good. They're better than they were a week ago. But are they better than the White Sox? Are they better than the Astros? Are they better than the Rays? No. You could put them ahead of the Red Sox right now. Are they better than the Blue Jays, though? No. Nope. Yeah, I agree. The The Yankees are really looking good. Those Gallows and Rizzo pickups, like, I think that really panned out for them. I don't think they really traded that many assets away. I mean, Joey Gallo is hitting, honestly, the best he ever he ever has in this season. And Rizzo is picking just how he left off in the Cubs. I mean, it's kind of sad to see how the Cubs just completely dismantled oh my God. their whole entire team. And, I mean, it'd be like a worst nightmare for me, probably any sports fan. And that's going to take a long time to rebuild. I'm sorry, Cubs fans. But you had a lot of talent, and you had a really good run. Y'all were able to get a proper World Series without cheating as of now. I mean, who knows down the as, line. As so they might, they might have cheated too. It, but, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't yeah, surprise I me. Mean, and I I'll, think, honestly, the Yankees are the hottest team in baseball. Uh, one other thing about the Cubs before we move on. Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez – all homer in their first game with their new team. Now, the Giants are trying to run away with the NLS. Dodgers won't go easy, though. Yankees, we've talked about them. The Mets, they're kind of a mess right now, and that leads us into our next topic. The NL East has been turbulent this season, to say the least. The Mets, who are missing Jacob deGrom, are now 56-53 and and now have given up the division lead to the 57-53 and Philadelphia. Philadelphia Phillies. Who would have thought that with their infamous blowpen, as Mike Ostrowski once called it? And the Braves, they're still in there as well. The Braves are, we as we try to find their game from tonight. That's right. They beat the Nationals tonight. They beat them 8-4. They're 56-54. and And they're only a game out. This division honestly feels like it's anyone's game among those three teams. However, this is without question the worst division in baseball. So, who do you ultimately think comes out on top? Um, this might be a little bit of a shocker, but I'm thinking the Braves. I think the Braves have so much, like, firepower. I mean, they have all buys. They have Freddie Freeman, who – Freddie Freeman – I mean, he's just, like, good old faithful. He has never, I think, really had been in a drought. And he's just been gone electric. He's just been, like, electric. And the Braves have been in playoffs, like, I think pretty consecutive. I I can't – you have to check me on this. But I think they've been in the playoffs for four years, three years in a row? Three, three. Yeah, three years in a row. I'm I'm pretty sure it's three. Yeah, it is three. And I, I I can see them heating up. I mean, they have good relievers. They have a good team. And I think they'll be ready to be – I think they'll take an advantage of these weak Mets and Philly with some nagging injuries. So, I agree with you. I never thought I would say that about yeah. baseball topic considering the Red Sox-Astros dynamic, but I agree with you completely. I also think the Atlanta Braves win this division, and it's not based off of what – Atlanta. it's in part based off of – the teams around them, I mean, 
Washington stinks now. They just gave up their entire team. The Marlins are going nowhere this season, despite showing promise in the shortened 2020 campaign. Their young pictures, Alcantara, Sanchez, aren't the same. And then take a look at some of these other National League teams. The Mets, I mean, it's almost like a team that is blessed with a billionaire owner, Steve Cohen, who pays Lindor hundreds of millions of dollars, goes out and gets Baez. Lindor is hurt right now. He was having a terrible season to begin with. And DeGrom, who was the NL MVP favorite, is hurt right now. So I don't see them going far than that. As for the Phillies, I mean, their pitching's been hot, but I know my old stats teacher would not be too happy with me for saying this, but the law of percentages always plays out in sports. It always plays out in sports. It's happening with the Red Sox right now, you could argue. So I don't believe in this Phillies team, but this, in my opinion, this is almost irrelevant because whomever comes out of the NL East is going to get pounded by most likely the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't see them catching the Giants. I don't see the winner of the NL East catching them. So it's going to be Milwaukee against the winner of the NL East, and it's going to be the Braves, but that pitching is just going to tear them apart. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I just wanted to say RIP national fans as well. Mm. I mean, y'all still have Juan Soto. I mean, that's a good young that's a good young piece that will be there for a long time. But y'all got some more rebuilding to do once again. I mean, let's see. They've got they've lost Rendon, Scherzer, Turner since their title run. And uh Schwarber in Boston and uh now they've got Juan Soto and Steven Strasburg's contract. But it won't be easy for the division winner to top Milwaukee. But podcasting with Anchor, that'll still be easy since it's all since it always has been. Mm-hmm. Alright, now we start to break down the NBA offseason that has been over the past week. We start with the moves made by the Miami Heat. The Heatles gave Jimmy Butler a four-year extension worth over $184 million that expires at 36. Kyle Lowry got three years, $90 million. That ends up, that ends at age 38. P.J. Tucker got two, two years, $15 million. Great signing. They also re-signed sharpshooter Duncan Robinson to a five-year, $90 million deal. So the Heat have been busy. Do you like their moves? Oh, yeah, for sure, Liam. I think the Heat will be contenders once again like they were in 2020. Um, the only thing I have to say that's bad about these contracts is Duncan Robinson. I feel like the five-year 90 mil was a little bit an overpay. I mean, like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, they were absolutely crazy in that 2020 bubble season. But this last season, I don't think they performed to get such a large contract like that. But despite that overpay contract i mean it's kind of i think a win now mode for the miami heat i mean jimmy butler's contract they started again they got like maybe two years to at least try to get a championship in with this kyle lowry pj tucker oh that pj tucker two years 15 mil that was an absolute steal in my opinion that might have been this like the signing of the nba offseason like two years 15 million that's like I mean, that's better than, like, almost a bench... That's like a bench player's money. And B.J. Tucker, I think, has a lot left in that tank. He, he'll still be that dog. And, yeah, I think the Heat will be definitely a top-three team in the Eastern Conference. So the only thing about these deals for me is 
that it's not 2017. Like 2017, I would give Lowry three years, 90 million. Now I'd give Butler four years, 184 million, without hesitation, right? But the thing is, is that if these deals expire at 36 and 38 respectively. That's not good. By that point, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are going to be out of their prime. So, like you said, Miami has a very, very short window. And the disconcerting thing about it is the Brooklyn Nets aren't going anywhere. Let's make this quite clear. The Brooklyn Nets were healthy last season. They run away with it. They run away with it. And then, like you said about Duncan Robinson, so our point guard up in Syracuse, Joe Girard, he is, we, or last season at least, he was good his freshman year. His sophomore season, 2021, he was the guy that could make five threes one game, then do absolutely nothing the next game. That game against your Houston Cougars was one of those games where he did absolutely nothing, and it ultimately resulted in you guys kicking our butts. So, that being said, it's an interesting contract. However, I think they overpaid him a lot. I think four years, $60 million is better for a guy like Duncan Robinson, who can't really do anything but shoot. Yeah, I agree. I feel like now, probably you saying that, I feel like all these guys got overpaid. But I think Jimmy Butler, regardless, if he's under 40, I think he'll still be good. Because Jimmy Butler, I feel like, is just a fundamental guy. He'll, I mean, he'll, work, he'll work his butt off time in, time out. And Kyle Lowry, he'll always be that guy. I, I really never saw like a, de- a depreciation of talent in his career, honestly. And... P.J. Tucker, I mean, he's depreciated a little bit in his effectiveness. But for $15 million, that's like scrap money in the NBA nowadays. So, I will say this about Kyle Lowry, though. He's as tough as there is on the defensive side on the floor. Having watched it for seven games last September, he flops. He flops, but he's as good a defender as any. With the new rules coming into play about trying to prevent flopping and whatnot, It'll be interesting to see how he does, but short-term, I like the signing, but they have to win. This, they're in win-now mode. Yeah, it's kind of surprising because not too long ago, I mean, with LeBron, they were going crazy, and it was kind of like a slow time where they were just like, eh, but now they're right back at it again with Pat Ross. Awesome. Pat, Eric Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the NBA. Oh, yeah, don't forget about him for sure. All right, heading back to NYC. The Knicks are trying to bounce back from their first-round exit the past season. Knicks re-signed Derrick Rose, gave Julius Randle a four-year, $117 million extension, and added former Celtics Evan Fournier and Kimba Walker. New York was 41-31 and in the four-seed, a season ago, but got manhandled by the Hawks in five. Liam, yeah, they did. do you think these moves can help the Knicks take the next step? Yeah, I do. I do. But the only thing is, I don't know, I think the Knicks were going to take a step backwards this upcoming season because when you look at the landscape of last season, you had – Eight some odd teams, six of which were in the Eastern Conference, coming off of nine-month layoffs. And you had nine other teams in the Eastern Conference coming off of two- to four-month layoffs. An unreasonably short offseason, which, and I understand, and maybe unreasonably is not the word I'm looking for, but unprecedented is the word I was looking for. Because we saw LeBron 
whining like a baby about it during the playoffs, but would he have been whining had he been had he still been there? Absolutely not. So the thing about this Knicks team is they overachieved last year, in my opinion. And it showed when they showed up to the playoffs and got beaten by a much better Hawks team. It did. So I think that adding Fournier on four years, $78 million, adding Kemba on one year, $8 million helps. I'm glad the Celtics did not give Fournier that deal because these two are high-risk, high-reward type, or low-risk, high-reward type players, in my opinion. You don't... You don't really know what you're going to get with Kemba, but I like the moves. However, are the Knicks in the upper echelon with the Milwaukee's and the Brooklyn's? Heck, I'll even throw the Miami's in there of the world. No chance. Um, I honestly think that New York could be a top five team. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the Nets will be leading. You have the Heat. You have the Hawks, but after that, I don't. I mean, the Knicks. The Knicks are they're definitely in the middle of the pack for the playoffs. I mean, I'd say probably second round exit at best. But no. I mean, they still got their players. They didn't really lose anyone. And Kimbo would be the best player on their team for sure. If he's, I hel- mean, if I, he's healthy, he wasn't healthy a if, year ago. True, if he's healthy, but. Yeah, I mean, you can't predict if you get in, if he gets injured or not. But Kimba Walker, they're adding a star player with a lot of experience. Rather than Julius Randle, I mean, he's fairly young. I think he once. I think Kimba Walker will help him with the mentorship. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And I, I think this team will be. I think this team will surprisingly be an underdog, like last year. I mean, no one really expected that they'd be this good. And I think you're sleeping on them, Liam. I'll give you five teams that they're not better than in the Eastern Conference for certain. Atlanta, because they just kicked their butts. Milwaukee. Brooklyn. Miami, who you were so high on just a minute ago. And Philadelphia. If, even, if, even if they trade Ben Simmons, I'm still taking the Sixers over the Knicks because they're at least going to get some sort of decent return. I mean, I don't, you know, people that know me well know that I – absolutely despise Ben Simmons' game and think he's an idiot for not learning how to find a stinking jump shot. But I'm still taking Joel Embiid over Kemba Walker. I mean, Joel, in the right... I know Kemba Walker did Joel Embiid well in the in the bubble, but this past year, it was not fun. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying they don't have potential. I just don't believe in them yet. And there's also a team that we're going to talk about a little later that I also think is better than the New York Knicks. Hey, don't sleep on Obi Toppin. He was one of the best rookies from last year. Hey, and kid, for, kid from Dayton. Kid from Dayton. Yeah, exactly. By the way, by the way, that that is the team that got robbed the most from COVID. The Dayton Flyers. They're never going to have as good a season as they did back in 2020 ever again. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But I mean, I I think that they got that fist ball. I think they beat out the 76ers because. I think Embiid will get locked by Toppin. And then after that, the star power from Kemba, Fournier, and even Randall. Did I you mean, really just say I, Obi Toppin is going to lock up Joel Embiid? Obi Toppin or Julius Randall. Right, I, I feel like one, I hate Joel Embiid, but stop right there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Obi Toppin has some stellar I, defense. Like, I know Joel Embiid can't flop anymore, but he's still one of the most dominant big men in the NBA. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's definitely a top three big man in the NBA. 
Alright, another Eastern Conference team made some big moves this week. The Chicago Bulls have strengthened their backcourt, adding both Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. They each got $85 million. Lonzo over four years, DeRozan over three. The Bulls were 31-41 last season and picked placed 11th in the Eastern Conference. Zach, can the Bulls make the playoffs with this with these moves? Absolutely not. Oh. As the one even A. Smith said, he's an absolute scrub. Alonzo Ball. I mean, four years, 85 mil? He's like a big player. I mean, are you serious? Like, 85 million for Alonzo Ball. Like, I, I honestly thought the Pelicans were going to cut Alonzo Ball. Like, he... He's just, honestly, he's just like a clout chaser now these days. I mean, what was was he averaging, like 12 points? I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, the Lonzo Ball ball hype has died, and so is his NBA career after this. He was fine averaging 12 because let's think of who else he had on his team. Oh, I don't know, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Do those two names ring a bell? Yeah. They're pretty good. They're both all-stars. So, I love this move for the Chicago Bulls. I mean, the, one of their weaknesses in the past has been doing absolutely nothing surrounding Zach Levine. They start to address that issue this past spring when they went out and got Vucevic at the deadline. And now they had Ball, who you can say what you want about him. Will Turlington, I'm sorry if you had to listen to that nonsense. I know I stirred the pot with you about Lonzo a lot, but that's just a whole nother level. Lonzo Ball is an excellent passer, one of the best in the NBA. And DeRozan is a shadow of what he once was. However, you get he doesn't need to be the A guy that he was in Toronto because they've got Levine and Vucevic ahead of him. This is a solid big three, and this Bulls team is better than the Knicks, and I think they can go all the way to the second round. Absolutely not, in my opinion, Liam. I mean, Lonzo Ball, I do agree with you that he is the best. I think he might be the best passer in the NBA, almost. Then why were you just dissing on him? Calling his career a bust? Yeah, I'm, he for a second overall pick, wasn't Jason Tatum right behind him? Your Boston Celtics? Wasn't Markel Fultz right ahead of him? I mean, that's a different story. Lonzo Ball averaged 15 points per game this year, 5 rebounds and 6 assists. How can you not tell me that's good? I honestly do not think for for uh, how, how much? Over twenty million a year for for a solid bench player. You you think that's good, Liam? Okay, okay, okay. His contract is slightly larger than that of Duncan Robinson's. So I these, mean, and one of the things that this speaks on is the new collective bargaining agreement that is allowing players to get these massive contracts that we didn't see, you know, before you and I were in high school. I know you've still got a year left down in Texas. I'm enjoying my time in Syracuse, but that's the interesting thing about this. But Bulls are better than the Knicks, and I'll leave it at that. Now let's talk stars staying put. The best point guard in the NBA, he's not going anywhere. As Steph Curry signed a four-year extension for $215 million. The Warriors lost in the play-in round last season, but are getting reinforcements in the form of one Clay Thompson. So, can the Warriors get back into contention? Um... I think they'll, at minimum, be a solid playoff team. But the West right now, the best of the West. I mean, the West is a really solid conference. I honestly do think that the Eastern Conference is catching up. I'd say they're they're fair they're fairly even. But I feel I'm gonna give 
the that advantage to the West. But with this scary West teams, man, I I don't know. I mean, the Warriors they they did they instead of re- rebuilding they reloaded with getting um what's his face James Wiseman, and I still think that they'll be a definite playoff contender. But I I don't know. I I'm not gonna put them as a contender for the chip. I disagree. I disagree. If Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson, the Golden State Warriors, they've got the potential to be a top three team in the Western Conference. It's legit that the top three teams in the Western Conference could all be from the state of California. You've got the two teams in the City of Angels, and then you've got the Golden State Warriors because Lakers have reloaded. Let's be honest, if the Clippers have fun guy Kawhi in the Western Conference Finals, they beat Phoenix. That's just the truth of the matter. So... That being said, Golden State can be the third best team in the West. So you've got the starting line. Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Dre, and James Wiseman. And you've reloaded the bench. You've got Iguodala coming back. And you've got the two first-round picks. Kaminga, the kid from the G League who is freakishly athletic. And then Moses Moody, the name that Kendrick Perkins somehow on God's green earth could not pronounce right. And then, <laughs> and then you've got... And I know you're Jewish, I'm Catholic, but you get the metaphor. And then you've got Juan Toscano Anderson, who is a good role player, who was starting for in a, for them last year, should never have been starting in the first place. I also believe Kevin Looney's still around. He was a key member of some of their title teams. So this team can compete for a title again. Let's just make it quite clear. If Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson, this team can very well compete for a title next year. But it relies on Clay's health. And Andrew Wiggins, you know, not continuing a downward trend. Uh, I mean, you you definitely cleared the air that they have a really good team, but with this West right now, I mean, look at the Lakers. They had just Westbrook. They got AD. They got Braun. I mean, that's a solid team right there. No and shooting though. Clip- no shooting. They they don't have anyone that can shoot the three ball. And this oh. and the NBA these days, are built around teams that shoot the three ball exceptionally well. Milwaukee, even though their star player is, his game is built around attacking the basket. Holiday, Middleton, Conton, heck, even Brooke Lopez could all shoot the heck from beyond the arc. Forbes, DiVincenzo, before he got hurt as well. Okay, but I mean, if you're talking about that three thing, I mean, the Houston Rockets with their small ball lineup, like, we, I mean, they didn't really have that many people that were inside that could just shoot in the mid-range, shoot in the paint. And that was a problem, and they got taken down fairly quick. And when I hear stuff about how they don't have three-pointers, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I, I'll i live by that. Because the AD, I mean, he could pull someone up. It's absolutely ridiculous. Same thing with James. James got a little bit of a mid-range. His, his three, I mean, it's it's probably the average in the now nah, not maybe not the average maybe a little below the average in the NBA, and Westbrook of course just garbage shooter but that man can drive did yeah, you know how yeah. sleep? And then the Clippers of course they got Kawhi, they got PG thirteen, but I hope they don't call him playoff P next next year in the playoffs because he's garbage in the playoffs. He was just excellent in the playoffs, but okay, we're. 
we, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. I think the Warriors have potential, and I won't tolerate any Paul George playoffs later because he was excellent for them this past year. He, he he has some games, but most of the playoff series, he did not perform that well. He took, the, Compared- he took Phoenix to six without Kawhi Leonard. He had some help. He had Beverly. Oh, God. He had, he had Trey Man. He had some help. Whatever. They're not Kawhi Leonard, though. That's true. But, I mean, also, don't forget the Suns. Yeah. The, the Suns. The Suns, I was honestly thinking that they were going to get killed by the Lakers. But they surprised me, and I think they have another shot at the title for sure. Yeah, they do, and that segues into our next topic. The What are the odds that they run it back? And the odds that they run it back are zero. They weren't getting past the Lakers if they were healthy. They weren't getting past the Clippers if they were healthy. Okay, maybe I'm being a little harsh. It's not zero. I'd say... I'd say they have a 10% chance. I'd give them, I think that puts them at like plus 1,000 for betting favorites to make out of the Western Commerce Finals if you give them a 10% chance, which could have some value, but it is contingent upon Booker and Aiden continuing to play better because Chris Paul isn't getting any younger. He's not getting any younger. So they need their young guys to step up. Also guys like Campaign off the bench and Cam Johnson as well. So, their young guys have to step up if they're going to make another run at it. Because Chris Paul, the man who was the missing piece to the puzzle, he's getting old. He's getting old fast. I mean, Chris Paul is a very old man, but he can still play. And honestly, whatever team Chris Paul is on, they automatically get better. I mean, just look at look at the history. Look at the Clippers. Look at the Rockets. Look at the, th- the Suns. Every team... He's been on the season after he joins. They their like percentage of winning goes up ten percent. I'll also say the Thunder as well, and the Rockets oh. lost or Daryl Morey lost most of my respect when he traded Chris Paul for and four first round picks for Russell Westbrook. I was never high on him. I used to kind of sort of root for the Rockets on the side in addition to my Celtics fandom, but but his stupidity kind of drove me away from it. If I'm being truthful and it's kind of been the case with a lot of these Houston teams I mean the Astros was a whole nother thing but I mean Cal McNair is just a bozo and and then Daryl Morey I mean he knows it seems like he has a plan but he wrecks things that are already good and he should never have traded Chris Paul he should never have signed Carmelo and that pains me to say given that I am a Syracuse student I mean, I, I thought Melo honestly held his ground while he was with those 20 games on the Rockets. I think he's getting overhated for that. He I, held his ground. He got, so he got some points. He, he got quite a few threes per game. I just think that when the team was together, when they were trying to adapt, it wasn't working out. And they just honestly, like the scapegoat was Melo, in my opinion. I mean, those 20 games were the reason the Rockets had to face the Warriors in the second round that season. But that's a debate for another time. The Stars of Atlanta's conference finals run, they're back. Trey Young signed a five-year, $207 million extension. John Collins also got five years, $125 million. The Hawks took a big step forward this past season, getting back to the playoffs and going all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, 
Can they make it another step forward next season, Mr. Lewin? Uh, step forward, I wouldn't say so. But staying flat, I'd say so. I mean, who would they really sign that they, I mean, they didn't really sign anyone this offseason. That was a star player that's really a big game changer. I mean, I think they'll still be a top five team in the East, maybe top three on a good day. But, I mean, I think they're probably just going to be Eastern Conference Finals uh, exit at best. So, I... They're going to take a step back this year, and it has absolutely nothing to do with them, but everything to do with who else is in the Eastern Conference. I, we, seemingly, Milwaukee will be back. Then Brooklyn, assuming they're healthy, should have no problem taking the second spot. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. If injuries are not a factor, it's Brooklyn, it's Milwaukee, no questions asked. And that's not a knock on Atlanta. I love what they're building down there. Resigning Lou Will today was an excellent move. Trey Young is one of the young stars in this league. John Collins is super underrated. Another mistake by Maury trading away Clint Capella. I was not pleased when he made that decision. So they've got they're really, really good, but as long as Milwaukee and Brooklyn are around, they're not going anywhere past the conference finals. Past the second round even. Yeah, I had to say it, but as much as I hate Clint Capella, I'll, it's a long story, but I'll just summarize it for you. So I was at the Galleria. I was uh, in the line for the Cheesecake Factory, mm-hmm. and he was in ballet, and nobody was by him or nothing. He was just waiting for his car. I asked if I could take a picture with him, and he said no. So This was Daryl Morey? Mean, what? This was Daryl Morey? No, no, no. This was Clint Capella. Oh, really? Yeah, and I saw him waiting probably for a good 10 minutes. And I'm like, what's the problem with just asking for a quick photo that take maybe 10 seconds for him? And he's like, nah, I'm, I'm not taking a photo right now. I'm like, I, I like I had lost so much respect for Clint Capella because I thought he was a humble guy from Switzerland and everything who wasn't really – I mean, he was kind of a diamond in the rough, to be honest. Oh, yeah. He, he was – he he was he wasn't a lottery pick. He I remember I remember when he burst onto the scene back in 2015. Yeah, and I thought he'd be humbled, but when I met him, he sure wasn't like that. But overall, I think Daryl Morey, what he did was dismembered the Rockets, and it was not good. I think though, Ruff, Raphael Stone is putting his back in the right direction. Of course, with those four first round picks. That, that was insane. I feel like they had the best draft in the NBA. Yeah. Raphael Stone, Gerard Edwards' stepdad, right? Yep. All right. Had to make sure. All right. So, Oklahoma City has locked up a key piece of their young core. The Thunder signed Shy, Shy, Shy Gillis Alexander. Correct me if I said that right. I, I can't say it. Just go with SGA. SGA, all right, we'll go with that. To a five-year, $172 million extension. Last year, SGA averaged 24 points per game for a Thunder team that went 22-50. Clearly rebuilding, but Sam Presti has acquired a boatload of first-rounders. Liam, do you think OKC is heading in the right direction? Absolutely they're heading in the right direction. I mean, come on. I mean, Sam Presti has acquired first-round pick 
after first round pick. I'm surprised that it's not like one of those when you play a Madden franchise, trade up for like the first five picks. I'm surprised we haven't seen Sam Presti somehow, by the grace of God, pull that off. I mean, what he's done with this organization, it's unbelievable. And there, it's good. Don't get me wrong, there are going to be some painful years, like there were for the Houston Astros. That's who comes to mind. But sooner or later, they're going to have a beyond talented run core, young core, right alongside Shai Gildas Alexander. They're going to be good. They're going to be really good. Who knows? Bronny James may even end up on OKC one day. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I have to say, I feel like Sam Presti is not a stellar GM. I mean, he traded away Harden, which was probably one of the worst moves in the last decade. And, I mean... But knowing he, what we yeah, know about Harden, he still wouldn't be there. He would have demanded a trade. I mean, the difference wasn't it with, like, $10 million? I mean, he could have satisfied his star just by $10 million. I mean, I think... I mean, he, of course, James Harden wasn't at the level, but he was a core piece to that OKC team back in... 2012 i mean he was i think he won six man of the year if i'm not mistaken and for being the best six man of the year he couldn't offer an extra 10 mil i think that's a little ridiculous and to be honest though i think they are heading in the right direction but this year's draft that was a week ago i didn't think that okc made some great picks like i think that dude from australia I do not think he was that good of a pickup so early in that year's in this year's draft. Well, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Five years ago today, August 7th, the legend Ichiro joined the 3000 Hit Club, recording it in a 10-7 Marlins victory over the Rockies. Ichiro had a career batting average of 311. That is impressive. Stole over 500 bases, won an MVP award with an OPS of 757, made 10 all-star teams, won 10 gold gloves, finished his career with 3,089 hits, two batting titles. He's a surefire lock for Cooperstown, without question. Oh, yeah, I, I strongly agree with that. Okay, so heading heading forward. 33 years ago, Monday, August 9th, hockey's GOAT was traded. The, Edelman, the Edmonton Oilers traded Wayne Gretzky to the LA Kings for millions of dollars. Gretzky won four chips with Edmonton, but couldn't bring one to L.A., St. Louis, or even New York. He did, however, win nine MVP awards, making the All-Star Games 15 times, two Conn Smith trophies, and is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He is the undisputed GOAT for hockey. And I feel like that's the only sport where there is an undisputed GOAT. I mean, football, some people have their doubts about Brady. Basketball, it's MJ versus LeBron. Baseball, it's sort of all over the place. I mean, we've got Babe Ruth, Teddy Ballgame, you know, Barry Bonds. That doesn't count in my opinion, though. And right now you've got Mike Trout. Five years ago, Michael Phelps won the gold in the 200-meter IM at the 16 Rio Olympics. Phelps became the third athlete and first swimmer to win four consecutive gold medals in one event. He finished his career with 23 golds, three silvers, and two bronzes. You know, that man Caleb Dressel seems to be the heir apparent. He's taking on five goals from Tokyo. That's not bad at all. Oh, yeah. He is definitely the highlight of the US Team USA. Oh, without and question. It, without question. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I Simone Biles, man. I mean, 
I was expecting that she was going to get a bunch of medals. But, I mean, if she needs to take a step back, I mean, I'm fine with that. She did absolutely insane in 2016. She can she can have her rest. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally respect her decision, however. And she's also dealing with twisties, so. But if Simone Biles was 100% healthy and able to compete, there's no doubt in my mind she would have run away with it. Oh, yeah. She, she would be completing with, I mean, I think she'd probably overtake Caleb Dressel for best Team USA member for sure. So, speaking of that 23rd gold medal that you said a little while ago, he picked up he picked it up five years ago Friday. Phelps won it in the 4x100 medal relay along with Ryan Murphy, Cody Miller, and outstanding Nathan Adrian, who is a cancer survivor, in an Olympic record time of 3 minutes and 27.95 seconds. The U.S. won gold again this year with Murphy, Michael, Andrew, Ken, with Murphy, Michael, Andrew, Caleb Dressel, and Zach Apple, setting a world record of 3 minutes and 26.78 seconds. I haven't been paying attention to the Olympics as much as I normally do, but kudos to them. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for who you got. The Mets and Bills are in the middle of a huge series right now in the city of brotherly love. The Phillies overtook the Mets in the NL East Friday night, and... Bryce Harper hit a ball over 440 feet. Edwin Diaz, the Mets closer, for some reason pointed his finger in the sky like it was a pop-up. I don't know what that was about. Saturday, Tyler McGill for the Mets faces Ranger Suarez, the tough lefty for Philadelphia. Sunday, Taiwan Walker, who battle of all-stars. Taiwan Walker for the Mets faces Philadelphia ace Zach Wheeler. So, how does the series finish up? So, I think, honestly, it'll be a 1-1 split. I think Zach Wheeler will have an outstanding game. He he has not been living up to expectations with that contract, but I think against uh, Walker, I think he'll be the better pitcher out of that series, out of that game on Friday. And then on Saturday, I mean, I think this will be a really really close one. I think this might have a chance to go in extra innings, and I think the Mets will take that game. So I think Suarez is a pitcher that's burst onto the scene. McGill is a rookie. And the hottest team out of these two is undoubtedly Philadelphia. Mets are still without Baez, or Lindor, not Baez, they have Baez. Mets are without Lindor, they're without DeGrom, they're trending in the wrong direction. Philly is trending in the right direction. The acquisitions of Gibson and Kennedy have been great for them. And their pitching is finally starting to act like real major league pitching. So, I've got the Phillies taking both of these. I mean, I, I do feel like you're sleeping on Alonzo, though. I feel like, honestly, that home run derby curse, that it does not it help. It doesn't have play. anything to do with Alonzo. It has everything to do with the Mets pitching. I think Alonzo will – I think it's time for him to actually hit some dingers this season. And I think I think it, this is the time where it would start, in my opinion. And wouldn't be a better time than right now for the Philadelphia Phillies. For sure. So, tomorrow's Sunday night baseball game is a battle for Chicago supremacy. White Sox, Cubs at Wrigley. Dylan Cease has the ball for the Sox, while Zach Davies is on the mound for the Cubbies. Liam, who do you have? All right. So, the Cubs and White Sox played an interesting game today. They were up 4-1 in the bottom of anything. Craig Kimbrell 
allowed a three-run home run to Andrew Romine. That was his first home run in four years. That tied the game. However, the best team in the American League rallied for four runs in the top of the 10th inning. They won the game 8-4. to four, And I think the White Sox ultimately sweep the series. They're far and away the better team right now. Like I said, best team in the American League. Cease is an underrated pitcher. He gets overshadowed by the Lance Lins, the Rodons, and the Giolitos of the White Sox rotation. This is a good baseball team. And they haven't even been healthy the entirety of the season. They just got Eloy Jimenez back. The catcher Grandal is hurt right now. And Luis Robert has been out for a while as well. He won't be back until the end of the month. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Liam. I mean, the Sox are probably the best team in the National League right now. Wait, American wait, wait, wait. League. American League. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I said National League on accident. But, yeah, I think they're playing the best baseball right now. And if the Cubs didn't rebuild like they did in the in that uh, middle-of-the-season trades, I think it'd be a different story. But since they had a complete, like, fire sale, I mean, I I would not be surprised that the White Sox are sweeping. Oh, yeah. Well, Thursday, two of the AL's best meet as the Yankees and those White Sox square off. This is no ordinary game. The two will square off in Dyersville, Iowa, at the Field of Dreams location. I haven't seen the movie yet. I've been meaning to for a long, long time. We don't have pitchers set up for this game yet, but who will it be that reigns supreme at the Field of Dreams? Oh, I think if it's... I think, honestly, I'm going to take... I'm going to take the White Sox winning the series. I think it'll probably be... I think the Yankees will pick up a game. It's a three-game series, if I'm not mistaken, right? Unless I was... Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, the White Sox would win two, and I think the Yankees would win one. But I think that is going to be a must-game. That's going to be a must-watch game to see how, like, it's basically like a field with, like, corn. I mean, can you imagine? Did you ever think that if I told you five years ago that the outfield would be filled with corn, that you'd believe me in a major league game? No, I wouldn't believe you. So, and it's hard to predict a game in advance when you don't know who the pitchers are. However, the Yankees pitching just isn't good. They're actually being facing a good team. By the way, they did beat Seattle tonight in extra innings, unfortunately. They're not just three games behind us. They are creeping up on us faster than Usain Bolt on someone at the Olympics. So, I've got the White Sox winning this one. Because even if they do throw Garrett Cole out there, he stinks. He'll also be coming off COVID as well. And some of the Yankees pitchers that have dealt with COVID have looked awful in their first game or two back. Yeah, but Garrett Cole, man, he's probably one of the best pitchers in baseball. Oh, he certainly, he certainly is. However, he is, no, he is without a doubt drastically deteriorated since MLB took away his spider tack. <laughs> yeah, there, there's another example of cheating, Liam. For yes, you. exactly. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. We did a whole we did a whole spiel on it like a month and a half ago. Yeah, so please don't hate the Astros. I'm gonna hate the Ast- be- no, 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 no. I'm gonna hate the Astros all I want. Okay. Well, I I think honestly, if Garrett Cole goes in there, I, that's where I'm thinking that the Yankees should win that game, and with of course Rizzo and Gallo. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe you, you might be surprised. Maybe the Yankees could maybe win that series with all their hitting power. 
But I think I'm going with the safe bet with the White Sox yeah. winning that series. All right, before we move on, you mentioned hitting on the Astros. I went to a game the Sox played at the shows at Fenway. I don't think I've ever unleashed a louder boo than the ones I unleashed at Altuve, Correa, Bregman, and Yuli Gurriel. Yeah, but did you do your research where Altuve said that he basically wasn't a part of it and he kind of got in that mix? Yeah, that's what, like, the, that's what they all say. That's what they all say. Pish posh. He didn't put a stop to it, though. Well, yeah, I mean, would you want to be that one weird player in the dugout who says stop doing that and everything? I mean, if it's kind Wait, of like... Would you put an asterisk on my World Series title? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you had, if you were in that dugout, man, and, and if, I don't think you'd stop it. I mean, even AJ Hinch didn't stop it. I mean, I'm sure Lunhal knew probably what happened, and he didn't even have the courage to stop it. I mean, if you see these dudes cheating, I I don't think you'd report it, and I don't think you would stop it. I disagree. Really? Oh yeah. How do, how do you disagree? You, you think you'd just say, you think you'd snitch, or what would you what would you do? I would go up to my guys, tell them to stop. I would, I would talk to the players directly. That's what I'd do. That's not I mean, hard. That's not hard. I, I, I mean, it sounds if you're part, like if you're part of If you're part of a team, then you should, then you're, you should be able to be listened to by your teammates. That's just the truth of the matter. I agree with that, but... They're probably not going to listen to you because even as of recently, you forgot what Joey Votto said. He said that the Astros weren't the only team cheating that year. Where's the and proof? That they, Where's the proof? Is the what? Thing. Where's the oh, proof? Oh, days ago, Votto said. No, no, I know I, Votto said it, but where's Votto's proof? Votto was like one of the most liked guys in all of the MLB. I mean, he's such a loyal dude. I mean, you have you ever heard a, a lie from him? Okay. The Astros also said they weren't cheating in 17. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't want to get the suspension. They don't want to lose their job. I mean, <laughs> you, you, think they, you think they'd say it honestly? I mean, if they're ready in that big the of a hole. Let, I mean, Manfred literally gave the players immunity. That's why we still don't know the truth. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Astros got punished pretty fairly, in my opinion. Pish posh. Your players didn't get anything. I mean, I think they did it fairly. I mean, they lost their first and second round picks. Even in the MLB draft this year, that's still losing them after something that happened four years ago. Whatever. <laughs> well, folks, that's all we have today. I'm Zachary Lewin. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Zach for being my guest today. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Court Press Podcast and on Twitter at Full CP Podcast. That's F-U-L-L-C-P podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. You know the drill. Stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, be positive. So, next week, we got Will Turrington coming on. It's going to be awesome. We'll see you then.